Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael speaks on holiness during the last week of our Thanksgiving series. Uh, I, I want to attempt to conclude our four weeks of Thanksgiving. And uh, we, we, we did it in November last year. This year we've bled over into Christmas. And uh, can you believe we talked about giving at Christmas time? Anyway, so um, we will we'll say that we're concluding today, but obviously we can't not talk about him giving throughout the rest of this month. I want to just jump in, if we can, 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Let's look at... Um, Let's look at verse 13, starting in verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17, if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from um, your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Have you, are you seeing a trend of a comparison here of two different realities? Are you seeing this? Don't be in your former lust in ignorance, but be holy. Don't be in your former lust and ignorance, but be holy. And then it says, don't Believe like your fathers that you were redeemed with perishable things, but try to grasp that you've been redeemed with a lamb, unblemished and spotless. Okay? So there's two different paradigms here, and we can see. Ignorant, um, what was it? Former lust, ignorant, um, um, perishable things, merit, bought, paid for, Lack, insufficiency, holy. Okay? There's two different realities here. Holy is the lamb, unblemished, spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obedience to the truth for a sincere love of the brothers and sisters, fervently love one another from the heart. Verse 23, for you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable. Okay, here's that contrast again. Former lust, ignorance, somehow you could buy it, born by perishable things, or holy, spotless lamb, incorruptible seed and 
You've been born by not imperishable, that is through, but, but, but imperishable. You've not been born by the seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God. So there's these contrasts being born into this by some parable, flesh and blood, carnal system that you could possibly buy anything that could bring anything of fulfillment, former lust, ignorance, is a whole system, see? And you're born into that system, or are you born again into a system that is holy, complete, lacking nothing because of a spotless lamb that is holy, almighty, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, imperishable seed. Who is your daddy? And I just real quickly want to, I've, I've, I've showed you this before, and I just want to show you again. I just want us to grasp this today. If I begin to put this water in this cup, glass, sorry. I rarely drink out of glass, so I'm not very fancy, so I call them cups. You know, is this glass full? So it's not holy. Because holy is complete and lacking nothing. So how do we know, is it full now? Is it holy? Is it holy? Is it holy? How do you know? Is it full? Oh, it could take more. It could take more. Is it holy? Take more. Is it holy? Is it holy? I thought it was holy, but it wasn't holy before. It wasn't complete and lacking nothing. Be holy as he is holy. I am holy. Can you hold more? How do we know? The moment it's holy. When it flows over. when something in it can no longer fit and it leaves it. I'm doing it again. What do I need to do? It's holy when it gives. Be holy as I am holy. Be born of imperishable seed, not in your former lust and ignorance of lack and insufficiency. Be holy as I am holy. Give as I give. Realize that you have more than enough as I am more than enough. I was thinking as we were singing today, you know, your existence your existence, what in the world is going on? Your existence 
is <laughs> your existence proves God is holy. Yes. Yes. See, God was existing exactly. in three persons. These three persons were holy. They were so holy that they overflowed into a formless void space. They were so holy that as they hovered, they wholly hovered, that life came to a formless void place and it could exist and it could sustain life. And then we came because there was they were holy. They were so full of love, passion, gift, excess, life, exuded so much that it could not be contained in God in three persons. And so as an expression of overflow, we have got to create, out of an expression of an overflow of love, we're gonna create a place a world, an existence, and humans are going to breathe and live and move and have their beings on it. We are a, a, a testimony of the holiness of God. And then we fail. And I, I, in a moment, we may go back into that. Well, let's just go into it. So what did we see? Either insufficiency, lack. What's John 10, 10? Let's just forget the notes entirely. I'm trying to half stay on those and half stay on what I got in worship. Let's just forget it. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why would you steal, kill, and destroy? Because you're in lack, so you steal. You're angry, so you kill. You destroy because you don't have it and so you don't want anybody else to have it. This is a spirit that's birthed out of this, this, this different reality of perishable existence, of unholy existence, of incomplete existence. He was striving in heaven because of complete deception of an existence that was less than the reality that he was in. And so what did he do in the garden? He came to Adam and Eve who were made in the image out of the overflow of the holiness of God. They were made in his image. They were as he was. And they were completely full of love and presence and existence. And he came in and he said, Surely God didn't really say you would die. He knows you'll be like him. Let me tell you a lie that comes from an existence of lack, inferiority, perishable, earning, striving, less than. He told someone who was holy that they really were living in his reality and they then partook of something in his reality. They became a thief. They became a murderer. They became a destroyer. 
They acted upon the information from an inferior kingdom when they were in a superior kingdom of holy. And they left the holy and came into lack. So there's this war of a deception. And it began with the deception because Satan was holy. Created by God. But he began to be deceived. And so we've got this reality and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy because he's acting out of a spirit of mammon. Of this age. Every age has this different manifestation of the same spirit. Of mammon. That is deceptive. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon there is not just money. It's been translated many times as just money. It's not money. It's a spirit Mammon is a, is a lack spirit that makes us worship money because we, 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 we think that it has more power than it really has. Because if you're holy, money is not holy. Money doesn't have power to define you. If you're in lack, money has power to define you. It has power to promote you. It has power to give you better standing. It has power to bring increase to your life. If you're in holy, money does not change you, does not define you, has no authority or power over you, so you don't serve it, you just use it. And over here, you don't use it, you just serve it, and it uses you. And he uses money to control his children that have bought into his theology, his concept, his mindset. But we are to be holy as he is holy. Real quick, this is a command. Be holy. Now, isn't this just like an idealistic father? Who wants the best for his kids? Like, be safe. Be careful. Like, they're leaving the house. It's a command. An idealistic command. Hey, be holy. Be holy. Be complete and lacking nothing because I'm such a tyrant. It's a command. Be holy. He wants us complete, lacking nothing. You know that a, an integer, when you talk about fractions and decimals and all this stuff, what is a whole number? It's not a fraction. He doesn't want you to live a fraction of anything. He wants you to live a wholeness of everything. So be holy, not fractured. Be complete, not incomplete. Be ordered, not disordered. Be holy, complete, and lacking nothing. It's a confirmation. Like on, what, what is that show? Mari, Mari, Mari? 
one of those, Mari Povich. It's a confirmation. God, you are the father. And as a child, when he says you are holy, it is, it is a declaration that you are God's child. When he says be holy, he is making a command and he's also making a confirmation like you're mine. Be me. Be like me. It's a confirmation. And so you look at um, um, someone had a baby. In verse 17, it says, if you address the father, if you address as father, the one who impartially judges, if you address him as father, God has had a baby. It's God. And it's a promise. Him telling us to be holy is a promise and a prophecy of our destiny. You know, they've got science now that they say they can manipulate genes put genes together, they can take the intelligence gene, the athletic gene, the good look gene, they can make these genes come together. They can create a superhuman by taking different genes that uh, produce different aspects. That's what they can do now. So they can take the, like the best athlete. So you're like Einstein, Duncan like Michael Jordan, I'm sorry, I'm old. Uh, whoever, who, whatever inferior player that you like today, it's fine. No problem. But, uh, you know, we still say Einstein. And I still say Jordan. Still say Babe Ruth. Dunks like Jordan, hits like Babe Ruth, thinks like Einstein, creates electricity like Benjamin Franklin. Like, what in the world? This person, we can do that because it's in the genes. Someone didn't just discover it. It's in the genes. It's in our genes. We're created to be holy, complete and lacking nothing. We have to believe a lie and forsake our genes. We have to misidentify with our father to become less than holy. And it's a call to a process. Babies you know, everyone says, baby's so beautiful. And I know we've just had Elliot, Andrew, and Jocelyn, and we're getting ready to have another little guy coming. And uh, Cole and Anna are getting ready to have another one. And everyone says, baby's so beautiful. Like, man, I've had nine babies. None of them have been beautiful. <laughs> None of them. I mean, you didn't see them for a minute. I saw them immediately. <laughs> Not one of them was beautiful. They look like they just got compressed and came through what they came through. I mean, they, they, they have just, they've just been in a struggle. I mean, they, their head is like a cone, you know? It's not even like gone out yet, you know? And... They're, they're not beautiful, and everybody says they're beautiful. And then this gets me even more. I've not seen it one time in nine kids, and everybody be like, oh my gosh, they look just like you. I'm like, dear God, I hope not. <laughs> what about that makes you think of me? 
that may be the most insulting thing you've ever said to me in your whole life. They've got your eyes. They've got your whatever. I'm like, they're, all their eyes are blue. They don't turn yet. But people see it somehow. But as children grow, they resemble more their parents. You start to see the features come about. And I believe it's like when you take a picture and it develops over time. And then it becomes more and more clear. The picture captures something in a moment that is exactly there in that moment, but you can't see it for a period of time. And that baby is every bit of who it is. If it's going to look like it's mom or it's dad when it's 13, it already carries that mom and dad when it's born. And so sometimes we think that some people are more resemblance of the father, but we need to come to the realization that the moment we are born again, we are holy, complete, and lacking nothing, carrying his blood, his DNA, his genes, everything about him. And it may take time for everybody else to see it. It may take time for it to be developed. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18 says we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The image that we're being transformed into is holy. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. James 1, 17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father. In Genesis 1, we won't read it, but 29, 30 just talks about, again, Danny's brought this to us before. Before anything was created, the provision for its existence was created before it was created. So we were never created without everything we would need to sustain us. Before we were created. We weren't an afterthought and our provision was not an afterthought. James 1.5 talks about wisdom and it says that he gives to all generously and without reproach. Matthew 7.11 says, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? James 30, uh, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Acts 17, 24 says, the God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything because he's holy, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. He gives to all people life, breath, and all things. Ask, Matthew 7, 7, it will be given to you. John 14, 27, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give. Don't let your heart be troubled or be fearful. He gives and he gives not like the world gives. The world gives from a place of that spirit of mammon. There's strings attached. They may be the most subtle strings. We're coming into Christmas. Anybody ever give you a gift and you just like feel so obligated? 
to answer correctly. Like the gift was really for them. Like, and that's fine. I like to give it to people, you know. That's fine. But anybody, anybody ever gave you something, you know, it was really for them? They wanted to be praised for how great the gift was. And uh, it's really for them. He doesn't give like that. He gives from absolute, absolute completeness. He gives out of absolute completeness, absolute wholeness, absolute lacking nothingness. He just gives. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his joy to give us the kingdom. It's his passion to give us. Romans 8, 31 and 32, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over to us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? I was thinking during worship today, we weren't singing, oh, holy night. We were singing joy to the world. And that's powerful. But I started thinking about, oh, holy night. And we are an overflow of the wholeness of God. And oh, holy night. Unto us, a child is given. Unto us, a son is born. That is the most radical expression of his holiness, of anything that's ever taken place in the history of the world. Like, you guys are an overflow. You blew it. I have so much more. You are unable with all of your unholiness and your unholiness and your inadequacy and your error, you're unable to drain me of my holiness. I have yet more. I have yet more, my own son, who will take every single trace of lack, deficiency, failure, and error, and we will take it and we will crucify it on him, in him, through him, on a cross. And I will raise him from the dead. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, holy night. The stars were brightly shining. And God says, watch this. You thought you've seen my holiness. I'm about to demonstrate what real holy looks like through my son. Constantly offsetting the forces of lack and the spirit of mammon is an overflowing, unending, rich, lavishing, abundant kingdom. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you have life and have it abundantly. 
I want to steal, kill, and destroy and make you thieves, murderers, and destroyers with me. I've come to demonstrate life and life abundantly and give it to you. Holy, holy, holy. Romans 8, I just read it to you. How he also not give us freely all things. But that verse starts out, what then shall we say to these things? I talked to you about a few weeks ago. What shall we say? What shall we say to every scheme of the enemy that would try to cause us to come into agreement with a lack mindset? We say the same thing. We confess the same thing that God says. We are holy. We are holy. We are holy. There is no more definitive way to make a declaration that I have more than enough than to demonstrate it in the face of lack and insufficiency. We're running out of time. We're out of time. We're really running out of time. Matthew 16 is where Peter, I've talked about this many times, is where Peter, Jesus is asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they're giving different answers. Jesus says, but what do you, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Later in the exact same chapter, Jesus says, I'm going to go and be holy. I'm going to go and be holy. I'm going to take on the sins of the world and I'm going to let them nail me to a cross. And Peter could not compute. He could not compute. He thought that somehow Jesus was going to come under lack, death, insufficiency. He did not realize the depths of the holiness of God. You know why? Jesus said, because he rebuked Jesus for telling him he's going to go do this. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He identified him with the spirit he was operating in. Just like Adam and Eve, just like all of us, you have failed to recognize the holiness of God that's demonstrated in me. It doesn't matter what they do to me. They can never take away the holiness of God. I am enough. I am more than enough. Your sin can never reach the end of my grace. Their persecution can never end the, reach the end of my mercy. He just had a different perspective of the kingdom of God. And Peter had slightly, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father. And then he said, you're not thinking about God's ways. You're thinking about your ways. You've slipped back into getting your information from man's thoughts. You need to tap back into that revelation that you were having earlier. Such a distinctive demonstration here of these realities. 
former lust, lack, insufficiency, perishable, holy, spotless lamb, complete and lacking nothing. Who do you say that he is? What do you say to these things? What do we, de- what do we confess? Do we say the same thing as God or do we say the same thing as the world? We're confessing something. We're believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth and we're putting our money where our mouth is into something. And you're either coming under the Lordship of Christ and the holiness of God or you're coming under the Lordship of our adversary, the devil, who is deceptive, thief, murderer, destroyer. Devour. I'll rebuke the devourer. He won't be able to touch you if you'll reside in my holiness. I got it real quick. I just, we're going, we're going right now. We're going right now. Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 through 24. They don't have this because I just got this in worship. That ye, I'm reading from King James, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. Again, there's different translations here, but it just says you put off the old man. Okay? Remember, you're going to be holy, not the former lust. There's a picture here putting off, taking off. Go back to the prodigal son, go back to all these places. There has to be a transformation. You don't just put it on over, you take it off which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Are you getting, let's, let's go back to school. Which kingdom is those, are those words associated with? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. In Mark 10, it's a story of a blind man. He was screaming out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the man who was blind, saying to him, take courage, stand up. He's calling for you. And look, And throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And replying to him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the man who was blind said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began to follow him on the road. This garment that he threw off is like a... um, it's like a, a, a badge. It would be something you would wear, you know, to, like if you're going to be out in traffic with buckets trying to collect money on a red light, you'd wear a certain thing, you know, there would be codes and there would be license and there would be all this stuff. And so this was really an informal thing that people would wear that signified them. This thing was not just a jacket. I mean, this said, I am a beggar. I am in lack. 
I am in insufficiency. I am not holy. I am not complete. I am not lacking. And I am subject to the things of man to be given to me, to make me complete, to make me whole. All of my trust is in the riches of man to be handed to me. And he said, Jesus called him, come to me. And by faith, he's like, I won't even need this if I'm going to Jesus. And he walked to Jesus already denying the former lust, the old system, the other kingdom, the other mindset, the deception. And he walked to Jesus and Jesus said, by faith, you've been made whole. He regained his sight. You know, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Say the same thing. Jesus is the Son of God. Declare the truth of the Word of God. That's what confess is. Say the same thing. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you shall be saved. Why don't we say, if Jesus saves me, if Jesus saves me, then I'll confess, I'll believe in my heart and I'll confess with my mouth. I don't even know how that would work. Like, if Jesus saves me, if he, if he saves me, if I get to heaven, I'll make a deal with you, God. I don't know for sure right now if you're the Savior or not. But I promise you that if one day I stand before pearly gates and you invite me in and you say, welcome, you filthy, wretched sinner. Jesus died on the cross for you. But we're going to bring you in because Jesus died on the cross for you if you'll say now, if you'll believe right now that Jesus is the Son of God and you'll confess it with your mouth, you'll be saved. Absurdity. We never would think that that passage or that belief system would mean once God proves it, he says in Romans 12, what is, our other, what is the response to his mercy but to surrender our life so that he'll be able to prove to us his will in our life. We literally come to him asking him to prove himself so we'll submit ourselves. That's backwards. Submit ourselves, he proves himself. Not you prove yourself, I'll submit myself. Prove you're the savior, I'll confess it with my mouth and believe it in my heart. We never think that. We would never consider that. Everyone knows that it's by faith that we're saved. And so we have to believe that Jesus, I mean, it's the most basic principle. We have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is a spotless lamb. He came on an oh holy night and he lived a sinless life and he took on our sin and our shame and he bore it on a cross. We all know that we have to believe that. And we have to confess that to be saved. Do we come to him when we're sick in our body and say, Jesus, if you heal me, I'll declare that you are a healer. If you heal me, I'll believe you're a healer. Lord, if you'll prove your will to me, then I'll submit myself to you. 
If you prove you're a healer, I'll call you a healer. No, we come to him believing by faith that he's a healer. We throw off our robe and by faith we regain sight. Bartimaeus didn't say, if you heal my eyes, I'll take off my coat. So why would we do it in our finances? If I'm complete and lacking nothing, then I'll give. If every single need, want, and desire in my life is fulfilled and I have more than enough, I'll give. We identify with the Savior before he's a Savior. We identify with the healer before he's a healer. We identify with holy, complete, and lacking nothing before we see holy, complete, and lacking nothing. It transforms us just like salvation, just like healing, and just like prosperity and blessing. We come by faith. I open my computer back up because I want to tell you one more thing out of here. This is a quote. I probably got this from Bill Johnson. I don't remember. Or Padre, one of the two. (laughs) There is never an expression of faith where grace is not released. There is never an expression of taking something off because you believe that he is enough. There's a never an expression of faith where grace is not released. But listen to this. There's never a promise of grace where faith is not required. There's never an expression of faith where grace is not released, but there's never a promise of grace where faith is not required. Let's take that back. Salvation, healing, finances. Faith is required. And I just hope today I've painted a picture. Remember, Paul? How could you forget? We did a series one time. I think it went 59 weeks. <laughs> just kept going. I mean, it's kind of the, the kingdom in a nutshell, but it was a tale of two paths, you know, like the tale of two cities. We did a tale of two paths, and it really it comes down most of the time to two paths. But there is a whole existence, and it's mammon. God, you cannot serve God and mammon. You're either being listening to what's being revealed by the Father or you're listening to what's being revealed by the world. And the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in. I mean, literally, if we hold our money in a way that gives it power to define us and we worship it and we hoard it and we preserve it and we think in any way we could ever have enough of that 
Do you think you could ever have? People, I don't have enough. Really? Do you think you could ever have enough for what God wants to do through you and in you? John and I, one time somebody gave us $23,000 and we're like, this is amazing. And we're like, this is, we need $2.3 million. This is not enough. This is not enough. This must be seed for enough. What you have is not enough, period. So let's just all say, we don't have enough to give. That's why we must give. That's why we must give. Because we've got to get out of this thing that clearly defines and stamps not enough as not enough. And we've got to take not enough into a kingdom that makes not enough enough. Because it's not enough in both kingdoms. But in one kingdom, there's a supernatural grace that will transform it into enough. In the other kingdom, not enough just stays not enough. So who's your dad? Who's your dad? The God of this age? Mammon, lack, insufficiency. What coat are you wearing? Beggar's garment that identifies you as a soldier for the deceived? Are you one that throws it off? Says, I am holy because he is holy. And every feature of my life may not resemble that reality at this point, but yet it is my reality from the inside out. And I'll be careful to not let any part of my life identify with an inferior kingdom. We got to go. One more thing. We're leaving. Just one more thing. Come on, confess means saying the same thing. Saying the wrong thing, I'm going to change this just a little bit, but saying the wrong thing, making the wrong declaration. When we look at not enough and we say it's not enough instead of it's more than enough because of my dad. So we're, we're saying a different thing about our not enough than God's saying about our not enough. Are you with me? It empowers the inferior to undermine your faith. It happens when you're more mindful of the lack than of God. It's impossible to say the wrong thing when you're more aware of God's goodness than your lack. We need a real revelation of the kingdom. This is in every area. Stand up with me. I was talking with somebody at breakfast this week. You know where religion comes from? This God of the age. It infects even religion. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That it would come into you and taint your pure devotion to God. And they would come in and they would bring in this system of the age. They would bring in this system of lack. And religious, a religious spirit is a thief and a killer and a destroyer masquerading as spirituality. 
We're jealous. We're covetous. We want a place. We want recognition. We want this. We want this. We want this. Because we're operating out of a, a belief that we don't have enough. We're operating out of a place of lack. And that's how religion flourishes. But the world is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God who just know who dad is. And they operate out of a kingdom that is holy. They never try to deny that reality. And they take every opportunity with every area of their life to come into an alignment with the holiness of God. I want to give this part. I want to give this part. What other reasonable response? So I can prove he's holy. So I can prove he's holy. So I can prove he's holy. I'll give this part. I'll give this part. I'll give this part. Not denying medicine. I'm not denying all that stuff. But every now and then when I get a headache, I'll pray instead of taking ibuprofen. And we'll just give a chance to see how holy God is. I mean, you know, just want to give all these areas to him. You know, no shame, no stones, no condemnation. I'm just saying. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're holy. And we are people who call you Father. So you are, we are who you are. We carry your genes. We carry your blood. We carry your DNA. We carry your identity. And we identify as sons and daughters of God through every act of grace that you've bestowed upon us. We will not look different than who you are. We will not deny you as father in any area of our life. But we will be obedient children, fully confident in the identity of our dad. In Jesus' name, so be it, so be it. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.